0: The scripture reading this morning will be from Matthew chapter 5, verses 1 through 12. Now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him, and he began to teach them. He said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are meek, for they will inherit the earth." Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you.
1: Thanks, Lord. Well, good morning and happy Father's Day to everyone that's a Father. Uh, we appreciate you, and we appreciate everyone being here today. Today we're going to look at preparing your family for persecution. And um, to be honest with you, we've got it pretty easy. We've had pretty easy when it comes to persecution. And, um, and I don't know how many paid attention during the bumper video, but the bumper video is my life. It, it really is. So I, I'd like to show it again. Would you mind? because it'll take time away from my preaching, so.
0: Mom, that one family is so strict.
1: Church, church, church. All they do is go to church. Can't they miss just once? They won't go to the movie because they say there's bad stuff in it. What is wrong with them? We know people make fun of our family, but we can't worry about what people think. We're more concerned about what God thinks. Yeah. That's pretty much my life. I mean, even when we're done this sermon, people are going to say, man, that Pastor Gil was strict. (laughs) He was tough on his kids. Uh, He really was. (laughs) And church, church, church. I remember one time with my son, he was a swimmer, a very pretty good swimmer, actually, went to States. He was a good swimmer, and he swam for the Y. And the Y had championships on Sunday. Morning, Sunday morning. So I contacted the director of the Y. I said, listen, what does a C stand for in YMCA? I said, my son cannot swim until the afternoon because he goes to church in the morning. They lucked out because his events were in the afternoon. And... And I, I don't think that I was that strict. I just think that I was protective. And as a dad, you need to be thinking about protection for your children and living in righteousness. This is what this message is all about. We've been four weeks in the, uh, in the Beatitudes. The first week we looked at blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. And believe me, we're going to circle around back to that today. And then it'll say, uh, Second week was blessed are those who uh, are pure in heart, for they will see God. Three was blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. And now today it's blessed are those who are persecuted, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. You know, being Father's Day, I think Pastor Ricky put the old father up here. And uh, I don't know if it was intentional or not, but I'm the old guy on staff, so... Uh, And because of that, I just want to share some of the principles that I kind of lived by when it came to being a father. And one of the things that we have to look at here is that persecution will come. And, um, but the, the prerequisite for that is if we are righteous. That's what it says. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness and living in righteousness. And so we need to do what's right. We live in a culture where right and wrong are becoming closer and closer together. And it's true. Bad has become good because worse has come along. And I honestly believe that. So we need to be fathers and mothers that do what is right. Do not waver, but stay, keep a steady hand. To do what's right and live what's right, that is the most important thing we can do. This is something that my father kind of drilled into my head continually. He, he kind of said, you, you need to do it right the first time. How many had a dad like that? Thank you. Man, maybe my dad was strict. I have no idea. <laughs> he said, if you've got time to do it twice, you've got, you got time to do it really good once. And uh, he, he impressed that on me all the time. He said, do what's right. Live what's right. Make good choices. And better once doing right than twice to do over. When you live right, people will take advantage of you. There's no question about that. They, they disrespect you. They may, make, they may mock you, make fun of you. Uh, I remember my dad was a teacher in the school that I went to. Don't ever take your dad for class. I'm just, that's an advice. I'll, you can bank that one. But my dad was in school, and my dad, if you notice pictures of my dad with me, he's got he's got a little bit of, you know, hangover, dunlap, that's what I call it. He has the tire, he he has he has the tire waistline. Dunlaps over his belt. Um, but he he, and and I heard an upperclassman at that time I was probably a a junior higher, and the seniors were walking around and someone said, Yeah, Mr. Vining, he says he's a Christian, but He's got a beer gut. And I go. And I walked up to him and I said, my dad does not have a beer gut. My dad does not drink beer. He has a food gut. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure that was straightened out. Yeah, so the, the key to this whole thing is that we, we, we will expect persecution and being made fun of, and mocked a little bit if we are living right and making right choices. Even Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 12, says this. God, uh, the, it says, in fact, everyone wants to live a godly life in Christ. Jesus will be persecuted. If you live godly, if you live right, it's gonna cost you something. And people may make fun of you, may mock you, may, in some ways take advantage of you. But however, if you're a family that chooses to be a Christ-centered family, you will be different. You will look different. There are things that you do that will be different. And choices and guidelines that you make for your children will be different than other people. I remember going to the boardwalk with my girls. And uh, at a very early age, we're walking down the boardwalk and just... And I go, girls, 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 come here, come here, come here. And I lean in and I say, all right, girls, see that girl over there? Yeah. You will never, ever in your lifetime wear anything like that. (laughs) And it became like this game a little bit to them. (laughs) A little farther down the boardwalk, they go, dad, 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 come here. Dad, see that girl over there? I go, yeah. You will never, ever (laughs) wear I said, you're safe there. I'm not going to wear that, that's for sure. And people would have thought, well, you know, he's pretty strict, you know. My kids, because of choices that I made for them, um, their peers mocked them a little bit. I told my kids that they couldn't date until they were 18. Now, some of you are looking at me and say, you are strict. But I was a youth pastor. I had seen some of the choices some of the kids made at early ages, and it just, it broke my heart. So I was doing everything I could to protect my kids. So <clears throat> when my kids went to school, I told them at a very early age, like five or six, I said, You cannot date until you're 18, is that okay? That's good, Daddy, that's fine, (laughs) that's good. Girls are icky anyway. Girls are icky, I don't want them. Of course, all that changed about juniors, senior high. All of a sudden they're going, but Dad, come on, we're just, and I go, no, you agreed. (laughs) <laughs> you agreed that we wouldn't, you weren't dating until you were 18 and their friends gave them such stuff over that you can't believe it what you can't date you can't go out I, I did make exceptions I made exceptions for like the prom and things like that where they're invited but they had to go with a group it couldn't be an individual thing and so, uh, and, and, and I know people look at me and say, yeah, you're strict. And I had parents go, are you crazy? I mean, I think there are people in this room that are going, you're a crazy girl. <laughs> we also made decisions and choices about movies. That was one of the things on the TV or on the bumper video. It says, they can't even go to movies. Well, my kids could go all the movies they want, but they just couldn't go to an R-rated movie. And we don't let R-rated movies in our house. And I love shoot 'em, bang 'em up, blood on the wall movies, but I won't go if they're rated if they're rated to R because I have an example to set. And there's a reason they're rated R. So let me ask you: What is your standard in your family for your kids? And and are we doing everything we can to live righteous before them so that? There is a testimony, you know. To me, it's not about rules and regulations. It's not about those things. It's it, it, it's it's giving them guidelines and principles to live by that will help them to live in righteousness. They may be rebellious. They may go against their dad. I'm sure my son does not. I'm sure my sons don't give guidelines like I gave. But I did what I could do and what I thought I could do to help my kids live godly lives. So we have to understand that we have to expect when we live right, persecution is going to come. When we live in righteousness, people will make fun of us. People may throw jabs at us as we're praying at a, at a, at a restaurant before dinner. You know, we may post something on Facebook from our church. Our church is doing this, hooray, yay for our church. And people are going, ah, why don't you just shut up? (laughs) People may harass you for reading the You version of your Bible. Maybe you're not going to be invited to certain parties because you don't do certain things. Maybe you're going to even be overlooked for a promotion. But Jesus is our example. And it says in, um, in John chapter 15, verse 18, it says, if the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. And so it's important that you understand that if we, are, if we embrace the world, then there's no problem. But if we live differently, there's going to be persecution. There's going to be struggles. The second thing we need to do is this. We need to endure. We need to endure. This was probably the hardest thing for me as the cuz you know I'm kind of a compassionate person and so when, when your kid comes up to me and goes, "But dad, everybody's doing it and uh, isn't it okay if we if we, we you know, can't we go? Can't we do this?" and and it's just enduring the struggle and and all of that. We need to endure. And not only do we need to endure, but we need to be happy in enduring it. It says, Blessed are people who insult you and persecute you falsely and say all manner of evil against you because of me. And then it says, Rejoice and be glad. <laughs> oh, goody. People are talking bad about me. Hurrah for me. But we need to endure. We need to endure it. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 12 says this. We work hard with our own hands. We work hard with our own hands. When we are cursed, we bless. When we are persecuted, we endure it. We stay faithful. We keep plugging. We keep doing what we do. We just keep going on. And let me share this. I found this quote this week, and it says this. When family identity is strong, peer pressure is weak. When family identity is weak, peer pressure is strong. So let me ask you this. As a parent, who do you want to give your children's guidance? Do you want their peers? Or do you want you to be their guide? Do you want you to help them? Do you want you, do you, should you be the one that says, hey, you know, that's probably not a good choice. God loved us. He died for us. He cares for us more than we do, than we can even begin to understand. And so that's our identity. Our identity is we are loved by Christ. And our peers will not be the greatest advisors that we can have. I've seen so many kids make, because I guess over the years and and being in youth ministry and involved in it, I've seen so many kids by one choice just mess up their lives so bad. One choice. And so we need to endure. Not only do we need to endure persecution, but we need to stay steady and endure as we as we live an example, that we need to endure our righteousness, to hang on and do everything we can to live in righteousness. In Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, it says this Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us, and let us run with patience or perseverance the race marked out before us. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the the throne of God. We need to run the race and endure it. As I've told you before, this body don't run. It never has. (laughs) I tell my kids, it's not built for running, it's built for pretty. (laughs) Of course, we know that's not true. But anyway, I can pick things up and put things down. I can do those kind of things. But I can't, I, I wasn't built to run. But I do understand the concept of keeping your eye on the prize and keeping the goal ahead of you. And that's what this says. You know, work, endure, keeping your eye on what is right, understanding the idea that Jesus is the prize and the goal and our righteousness is so important, that we need to live right with him. So it's important that we have a good testimony and that we need to endure I had two, two uh, high school, Emma, and they, they were like a little bit of my enemies, Jeannie and Mindy. They were like hoity-toity. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I was the class clown. I was the guy that, with the snide remarks and, yeah, you know, the person every teacher hated. And so Jeannie and Mindy, they, you know, they were, they were a little better than me. They thought they were good. And, and they, yeah. So it's like putting a target on their back when they act like that to me. So I often went after them. My greatest day was in New York. They take regents exams. Everybody in the whole state takes the same test at the same time all throughout New York. And I took earth science. And a passing grade was 65. And I got a 66. <laughs> My greatest day in history. You know why? Because Jeannie Ferreira got a 64. <laughs> Woo-hoo! I never let her know. I never, like even today I would say to her, <laughs> how about that earth science regents? I <laughs> she goes, Gil, how did you do that? And I go, I'm a good guesser. (laughs) Because I had no clue on some of those. But we had this kind of very contentious relationship until most recently. Jeannie had a stroke about two months ago. And she's been, she's had a hard life. Uh, She made bad choices when it came to marriage. Mindy, her friend, was an alcoholic. For several years she's, 12 years sober now, which we're very grateful for. And I found him on Facebook. And um, when Jeannie, I found out that Jeannie had a stroke, I, I called my sister who works in Albany, New York, and she was in Albany Medical. And I said, Ruthie, stop by and see Jeannie for me. Tell her that I'm praying for her. And so she did. Then she FaceTimed me. And and so we're FaceTiming on the phone with Jeannie Pereira, you know, the girl that didn't care much for me. She goes, you look old. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) I resisted. (laughs) I was going to say, you're no spring chicken, but I didn't say that. I said, I know, I'm getting old but Jeannie, I want you to know I am you and pray for you and thinking about you. And she goes, and she is a Spanish teacher and she sees what, what our church does in Guatemala, in Colombia. She sees all that and she's going, I love you guys. I want to go with you sometime. I said, come on down, girl. We'll go. So we need to endure because in our endurance, it impacts other people too. The more we remain in righteousness, the more we live our testimony and we live that confident life in righteousness. If we endure, we can impact others. I never in a million years when I was 18 years old believed that Jeannie Ferrer would ever say, I love you, Gil. You're you're doing good stuff. Good stuff. So you endure it and then you embrace it. You embrace it. You know, people make, may make fun of you at work because you pray over lunch, you may be passed over. When, a, when, when you're a Christ-centered family, you will be persecuted. Don't worry when you are, worry when you aren't. Worry when you're right and wrong are too close. Worry that that you are not making the right decisions. You know you're living right when people begin to talk a little bit about you, and it's not in a kind way. You know you're living right. We have missionaries that I have to write letters to them, emails in code, because if people found out they were missionaries, they'd be removed from the country. That's real persecution, that's real hardship. Every day in my prayer journal I write and I ask the Holy Spirit to lead me in a path of righteousness for his name's sake. And as we learned last week through Superintendent Bass, he said, our power comes from the Holy Spirit and it comes from the word of God. It comes from the word of God, so we need to live in the power of the word of God. So here's my declaration. As for me and my house, we're going to serve God. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your word. Help us to live in such a right way, Lord, that people will see it and even brought close to you because we've endured. We ask these things in Christ's name. Amen. You don't get out of here without homework, so our homework is as follows. This week, take time to come up with steps needed to better prepare your family when persecution comes. Sit down, talk about guidelines and what is right and what is wrong. Take some time to do that. That'd be nice. And although this sermon series comes to an end today, we encourage you to continue seeking ways to live a christ center home. What does that look like? How can I be a better Christ-centered home? How can we do that? We pray that God will bless you today in all that you do and that um, you'll experience the very presence of God this week as you live right for him. Let's stand.